Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's like he's saying, guys, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get caught up in the busyness of life, the stress of life. And you're going to forget. And you're going to live your life like you don't have eternal life. And I want you to always remember me and what I did for you. Don't forget. (laughs) Remember. And as often as you do this, do this so you will remember. So you won't forget. Again, the paradox is, how do you forget? By remembering. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. In light of COVID-19, Pastor J.D. is sharing some special messages. It can be so easy to lose sight of the big picture when you have so many little things stressing you out. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us to remember Jesus and what He did for us. Don't get so caught up in the anxiety and worry of day-to-day life. Take comfort in God's promise that He will provide all that you need. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 3 with his message called, Remember Jesus. I hope that you will be as encouraged as I've been by this, especially at such a time as this with all that's happening in our world today. I want to talk to you about remembering to forget which I know is a paradox, a paradox being defined as a seemingly absurd or contradictory statement, which when investigated proves well-founded or true. And such is the case with the paradox that's before us tonight. Actually, there are several paradoxes in the Bible, chiefly from the Savior Himself, like lose your life to find it in Matthew 10, 39, and die to live in John's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. So the paradox that I want to draw your attention to is that of remembering Jesus and our redemption drawing near in order to forget that which is behind. The problem with that is that we're prone to remember that which we should forget, and conversely forget that which we should remember. To me, the Apostle Paul is a great example of someone who strived towards this end by forgetting that which was behind. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he writes, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining, striving toward what is ahead. If there was ever a man who could speak to this, it was the Apostle Paul, who before coming to Christ had Christians murdered. Some 
Bible teachers and scholars believe that he had the blood of over 100 Christians on his hands, chief of whom was none other than Stephen, the first martyr, and his martyr was recorded in the book of Acts. And Paul was there, he authorized it, and don't think for a moment that the devil didn't continually remind Paul of what he used to be and what he used to do. So here's the question. The question becomes, how was Paul able to forget the past and press on to what was ahead? Answer, and it's a paradox of paradoxes, he remembered in order to forget. Listen to what he said in the next verse, verse 14, Philippians 3. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul was able to forget by remembering that which awaited him in heaven because of Jesus. I think about what he wrote to Timothy at the end of his life. He says, I've run the race. I fought the good fight. I've come to the end, and I know what awaits me, this crown of righteousness. And not just to me only, but to all those who long for the Lord's appearing. Many years ago, when I was on the mainland, someone had hurt me deeply in the ministry, and I just couldn't seem to get past it. And then the Lord, as only He can, ministered to me this. He ministered to me that it's not what's been done to me, or even what's been done by me, it's what Jesus has done for me. And that changed everything. And I never looked back. It was so freeing. It's that truth that sets you free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And again, that's what I really want us to look at. But we still have a problem. And the problem is that we all have this proclivity, for lack of a better word, to either dwell on the past or stress about the present and the future, and especially at this time with a future that looks so uncertain. It's only when I remember what the Lord has done for me that I'm able to let go of everything that's been done to me. I have to confess, and I'm actually praying about this, seeking the Lord about talking about this, because as more information is coming out about this crisis, and the evil that's being done because of this crisis, my heart has been really troubled. And I have to say that were it not for this one truth of remembering Jesus, I honestly don't know what I would do or how well I would be doing right now. I mean, it is 
more evil than you could possibly even begin to imagine. I was um, thinking about in Genesis chapter 6, I want to say about verse 5, where we have this description of what it was like in the days of Noah concerning the evil of that day. And we're told that their imagination, they were inventing, imagining evil continually, that it was so evil. I mean, only God knows. (laughs) I think in some ways it's the grace of God that we're protected from what is really going on. The evil in this world, you know, Satan knows that he has but a short time. Satan is not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. But what he does know is that time is short. Would to God that more Christians knew how short the time is. And I'll tell you, were it not for this one truth about remembering to forget, I think it's like we always say, how do non-Christians deal with it? Well, they turn to the bottle, whether it's a pill bottle or an alcohol bottle. So this last week the Lord directed me to Psalm 77, again one of my (laughs) favorite psalms. I want to read verses 1 through 15. It's not a psalm of David, but it's a psalm of Asaph, and we're told that it was for the director of music for Jeduthun, and it's a song, a psalm, that was written by Asaph at a time apparently where he was going through something very difficult, a crisis of faith as it were, and listen to what he writes. Verse 1, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated. And my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? Has His promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has He in anger withheld His compassion? That's pretty raw. The emotions are real, and they are raw. Then, verse 10, I thought, To this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out His right hand. And verse 11, I want to draw your attention to in particular, He says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, verse 13, God, are holy. 
what God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Here's the bottom line, and this is what the Lord greatly encouraged me with. When my heart is troubled, when I see the evil that is taking place, I see the world in the condition that it's in today, and tomorrow looks no brighter. In fact, truth be known, I would argue that it's going to get worse. I really believe, and again I'm praying about seeking the Lord concerning talking about this, Lord willing, but I truly believe that the world has passed the proverbial point of no return, that there's no going back. You know, I actually was talking to the team, just to make sure, because i got to be careful when I use metaphors, I uh, actually looked up online what it meant, past the point of no return. And it actually comes from this idea of an airplane that is flying to its destination, and it reaches a certain point where there's not enough fuel to return and go back. And so it's past the point of no return. It has to continue going to reach its final destination. Well, the thing about Bible prophecy, and one of the reasons why we emphasize the importance of Bible prophecy, is because that is the destination. These things that we're seeing begin to come to pass now are exactly what we were told would happen. But if there was ever a time to remember, it is now. One of the key truths in what we affectionately refer to as the Last Supper is that He wanted us to remember what He did, in that He died for us, paid in full for all of our sins on the cross to save us because of God's love for us. And so every time, and I tell you, since this crisis hit, the communion table has taken on such a profound importance like never before because of the meaning behind it, the truth in it, the power because of it. So I want to draw your attention to Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. I'll begin reading in verse 14. Luke is writing by the Holy Spirit, and he says, When the hour had come, he, speaking of Jesus, sat down, the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He's on his way to the cross. He just got done telling them that. They couldn't quite grasp it. He says, For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then, verse 17, he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. That's the second time now that he has said that he eagerly awaits, fervently desires, when what they were about to do there at that Last Supper 
would be fulfilled ultimately in His kingdom. In other words, it's, it's almost like this. I hope that this isn't painting it in a too different of a color, so to speak. But it's almost like Jesus saying this, you guys, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait because you know what? The next time we partake together, <laughs> it's going to be when my kingdom comes. That which we are doing will be fulfilled ultimately in the kingdom of God. And then he says this, Luke writes, verse 19, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Guys, I, again, I hope this isn't too colored, so to speak, but it's like he's saying, guys, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get caught up in the busyness of life, the stress of life, and you're going to forget, and you're going to live your life like you don't have eternal life. And I want you to always remember me and what I did for you. Don't forget. <laughs> remember. And as often as you do this, do this so you will remember, so you won't forget. Again, the paradox is, how do you forget? By remembering. When I remember Jesus and what He did for me, I forget everything else. Nothing else matters. The Apostle Paul would say it this way, it's all rubbish. Nothing else matters. I love that hymn of old. I was thinking about this on the way to church that says, you can have the world, but just give me Jesus. I was thinking about it in the context of the seven-year tribulation. You know, I'm, I'm looking at everything that's happening and these reports that are coming out, very grievous. And I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, all right, like we talked about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when the restrainer who now restrains the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, the church is raptured, you can have it. It's all yours. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, <laughs> you're only going to have seven years. And oh, by the way, it's, it's not going to be a picnic, you might say. But you can have this world. It's a remembering Jesus to forget this world, the things of this world, the things of this life. Being very open with you, I, I go through these bouts. I go back and forth. And sometimes I just have to walk away from all the research I'm doing and all the articles I'm reading and all the videos I'm watching. And I just have to say, Lord, <laughs> this is too much. And it's when I come to that place and just remember, oh, okay, wait a minute. That, that's right. It's almost like I can, I can hear the, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit in the words of the Savior, ever so gently, ever so lovingly, ever so kindly, ever so patiently saying to me, remember me? Remember Jesus? Oh yeah. Remember the Lord? I think it's sometimes we can get so caught up, especially in, I don't mean to be dismissive of anyone who is really struggling right now, because I know that this is really a very fearful time, and a very difficult time, and a very uncertain time. But I, I, I do have to say that I think we do err greatly when we just get so caught up in it. And 
what happens is we forget, wait a minute, I'm saved, man. (laughs) This world's not my home. This is not my final destination. Jesus came to die for me, to save me, to deliver me, because He created me not for this world, but for eternity. He did not create me for time. This world is not my final destination. This world is not my home. I even think about it in terms of our our country here in America. And I love this country just as much as the next guy. And I would argue in, in some ways probably even more, because my parents immigrated to America when I was just nine months old from the Middle East. And I I love this country, but you know what? This is not my final destination. And as I've talked about over the weeks, I'm just sharing my heart with you. One of the things that has become abundantly clear to me over the last several weeks is how that, it's like Jesus is, is reminding us. It's almost like I can I can see the Lord just saying, hey, remember me? Remember me? And when something like what's happening now happens, <laughs> that's when God gets our attention. It's almost like He's saying, listen, I, I'm coming. Remember, I'm, I'm coming. It seems that I needed to get your attention. And now that I've got your attention, remember, I'm, I'm coming. And Remember, this world's not your home. This is not how it ends. I want to be careful how I say this. It's not in my notes. Again, just from my heart, there's a part of me that almost doesn't want things to go back to the way they were. And I'll explain why I say that. I know I've shared this, but I say it again tonight because I, I just long to go home to be with the Lord. And if the trajectory that I see this on is correct, then it's sooner than any of us could possibly imagine. Don't get me wrong, please don't misunderstand me. I mean, this is, this is horrific what's happening, the devastation, the the destruction, the livelihoods of millions. It's just, it's so unbelievable, (laughs) for lack of a better word. But wait a minute, maybe it's a good thing, because maybe this is the thing that God knew it would take in order for us to finally just let go, forget it, forget this world. And remember that this is not my home. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor J.D. at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 